Our scripture reading this morning is found in the book of James, chapter 2. The book of James, chapter 2. Now we're going to read the uh, verses 1 through 26. We're not going to preach the whole passage, but some of the passage gives um, instruction to the other, and, and it gives us the context, which is good. And uh, we will remain in James, um, if in case you're wondering, the full, full time. So I guess it would help if I turned there myself. I had my uh, Bible in noted for a different part of Scripture. But here we are, in, here in James chapter 2. James chapter 2. Verse 1, my brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to them, you sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, you stand there, or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment, is without mer for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save them? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but do not give them the things which are needed for, that, for the body, what does it profit? Thus, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham your father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out an, another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. So let's go back to verse 8. 
verse 8, reminding you, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, you shall love your neighbor as yourself you do well. So as we gather together, I'm reminded of before COVID and after COVID. You know, we gather together post-COVID, and, and we see in society that post-COVID, we've, people have kind of forgotten how to interact with people. You know, there's a little bit less grace, there's less graciousness, you know, there's more abruptness, there's more, there's not as much patience. And, you know, the scripture reminds us, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. You do well. So, when we think about these kinds of concepts, if you think about someone that's, that's hurting, that you run into, or someone that you're around, and you think about, I would like for them to consider that maybe things aren't all the way they seem. You know, sometimes that person on the road that is, that is running crazy driving could just be a crazy bad driver. Or they could be going to an emergency, which you don't know about. We don't always know what's going on in someone else's mind or what's going on, but, but there are times that maybe we think about, if I, how would I want to be treated if they only knew? If they only knew what I was dealing with, if they only knew how I was feeling, I would hope they would at least give me the benefit of the doubt. I hope they would at least give me a little bit of time. And you think about if you were that waiter or that waitress or that person at the counter that's there at the front counter, and I've known I've been fault of it. Unfortunately, they're the one at the front. Now, if it's the manager that's at the drive-through window, that might be different. But the person that's there at the window, they're not the reason the fries didn't go down or that the fries are cold or some of those things. And so we think about that treating our neighbor as ourselves. Early in the service, we, we talked a little bit about the Good Samaritan. And we think about the Good Samaritan, and in that passage of Scripture, it talks about who is your neighbor, is kind of the question. And we find from the Good Samaritan that the neighbor is basically who you're in contact with. Because Jesus asked at the back of that, who was his neighbor? Now, we're not going to focus a lot of time on the Good Samaritan, but it kind of plays into it. It's kind of the parable and explains it. But the Samaritan, remember the Samaritan were hated by some Jews. Some would avoid going through Samaritan. Uh, They'd actually call them dogs. So you here you have this Samaritan who was looked down on by those of the Jewish society. And the Jews group came along and went around the person that was in need. But the Samaritan didn't. And I think the man there probably wasn't a Samaritan. He, went to, he made the person that he didn't know his friend, and he, he did something about it, because if you've ever been stranded or out on your own, and maybe you would hope, I hope somebody stops. I can't change this tire on my own. I can change the tire, but I think about that as, if you think, well, I could change the tire, it's like, well, could your parents? Are your grandparents changed the tire? You know, because you would hope that someone where your grandparents or your parents are having car problems, if they're having issues, that you would stop and take a little bit of time. 
because maybe supper would wait a little bit, right? Maybe something else could take a little bit of time. I know you have to think about the dangers of things, and, and people have cell phones, but be open to the opportunity that the Holy Spirit might give you an opportunity to witness to someone or to be their good Samaritan, to be that person that you would like someone to be for you. And so we think about that as we go into verses 14 through 17. What does it profit, my brother? And if someone says he has faith and does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. You ever heard of somebody in need, they're having problems with their house or their car or their plumbing or something, <clears throat> and they come by and, and they share that need with you and some challenges they're having, and you say, I'll pray for you, hope things go better. See ya. That's basically what it's saying, right? Is there an opportunity? You might not be able to do that part for them, but maybe you are. I mean, just think about times that maybe you've, maybe you've never been out of work, and maybe you've never went to that post office, out to your mailbox, and in there someone sent you 20 bucks. They didn't know exactly why you needed the 20 bucks. Or maybe you've been to the point someone says, listen, I know your need, let me loan you $1,000. Wow. And the Lord just kind of gives people and sends them along the way. And maybe the Lord asks you to do something and he wants you to be that, that person. Maybe someone showed you mercy or someone showed you help and they've given you that 10 bucks or that 50 bucks or shared a meal with you or paid for your meal or they didn't know how bad you needed it. It might not need it, me needed the money for the food, but you needed the act of compassion to know that someone cares. You know God cares. You know people cares, but sometimes it's nice to just feel. You might know it up here, but it's good to sometimes feel that people care. To see that, that actions I... I'm sure the priest could have went by and the Good Samaritan and the Levite went by or whoever, but, you know, sometimes just that salve of helping helps in the healing, just to help get you over the hump, you know. Yeah, I don't really have some time to do that. Hopefully, hopefully you had time to pray for them. I mean, you'd hope that people have time to pray for them because you might say, hey, I'll be praying for you. I always take pause when I say that. Sometimes I says, yeah, I'll pray for you, and then I'll pray for him right then, because you know what happens, right? Yeah, I'm praying for you. You're not praying for them. You just said something nice, sent them on their way. You didn't say a prayer. You didn't pray for them all week. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll pray for you. May the Lord be with you and help you, and I'm going to pray for you this week. You didn't pray for anything. Don't make commitments you're not going to follow through with. It is good to pray, but sometimes we've got to put prayer to our actions, right? We've got, we got to put some actions to our prayer. 
Now there's some out there that say the prayer doesn't do any good and thoughts and prayers. We need more than prayer. And so they don't want to say we're praying for you. Well, sometimes we can't get there and we know that God is all powerful and we know that God can intervene. But we also, you remember this song? We are his hands, we are his feet. People of Jesus, we, remember that song? We are his hands, we are his feet. He uses us to reach other people, doesn't he? Doesn't he use other to reach out and comfort other people? You know, there are some times that our prayer needs to come through out in some actions that we're actually acting the part. We're showing the compassion, we're, we're leaning out, we're reaching out, we're taking time to fix somebody's who knows what. But sometimes it can't just be prayer that we may or may not be doing. Sometimes it can't be action. So we want to reach a, a dying world that needs Jesus. We really care about whether they go to heaven or hell. We might have to be a little bit uncomfortable. We might have to do something. We might have to, we might have to show some compassion for people that hate us. Remember the Samaritan and the Jews? They didn't get along, right? Jews basically hated them, thought they were scum, dogs. So we're supposed to share compassion and love even for people that we don't agree with their lifestyle and their choices, Uh uh-huh. They're looking for somebody to care. And some of the actions you don't like is because they're in a search And yes, 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 people agitate us and give us challenges and and we're busy. But we have to be careful that we're not so busy. Now, I'm not talking about we're busy doing, I know we're doing busy doing stuff. But when we're having interactions with other people, whether it's in the church or outside, we should never be so busy that we can't be kind. Just a little kind, a little smile, a little, hey, let me open the door for you. Hey, let me help you with your bags. Hey, something. It shouldn't be every time we see them that we're rant and rave about what they're doing or what they look like. It should be when we see them that we have compassion and maybe pray for them or have concern for them or do something for them in that regard. Because we're also not supposed to treat them with, what what did it say there? Partiality. The gospel's for them too. It's for the Samaritans too. It's for the people we don't like too. People that don't like us, too. People that don't treat us neighborly, too. I don't know where you are on this. I've, I think probably all of us can do better, right? And again, if you're being convicted on this, then take it up with God, not me. And if you feel like you're doing pretty good, this is encouragement to keep on doing it. But I think post-COVID, we've kind of, as a society, and I think it creeps into the church as we kind of get a little, we're a, we're a disconnected mob. We kind of come in, we'll come out, come in. 
we, we don't linger, we don't take any time purposely to make connections. We think Facebook does it, Facebook doesn't do it, I'm sorry. Those little sound bites. And then some people like to put their life story on, on Facebook so they can be ridiculed. I mean, really. We've already talked about conflict resolution and Facebook shouldn't be part of it. Who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? People need good neighbors. People give, give, be, need good neighbors. You know, sometimes people come into a big church and they say they just kind of want to hide. And that might be the case. But sometimes people that just don't want to talk about it need to talk about it. And sometimes people, when they say they don't need to talk about it, or they don't want to talk about it, need to talk about it. You don't get in their face and try to make them talk, but you at least recognize and have compassion that they're in need. And then say, if you want to say, I'm praying for you. If you don't think you'll remember to pray for them, say, I'll pray for you, and then pray immediately. In your mind. Or you know what else you could actually do, and it would be okay. You could do it in the foyer, the back of the church, in the church, wherever. Say, well, let me just pray for you. I'll just, let me, you know, one way, you could pray for them right there. Out loud. To them. You know, there's not like a rule that says only the pastor can say, well, let me just take a minute and pray with you. All you have to do is, you know, dear Lord, be with brother, be with so-and-so. May God help them in their problem. So now you've done an act, and you've prayed. So the opening part of this passage in Scripture, if you, if you kind of roll it backwards, they basically had people coming to the church, and maybe you've had it, and you come in, you see someone that comes in, and they're like, wow, it's a great visitor. It's a young couple. And they have a family. We want more families. And so we swarm them. And we try to get them to come back. And we're excited about them. And we're having great conversations. Because they're like us. And then there's some other individual. Down on their luck. They don't have a lot. They're not clean. Hair's kind of ruffled. They don't talk right. They come in. They sit down. They find a place somewhere. Nobody pays them much attention. We paid a lot of attention to the special family, a lot of attention to the special figure, but the, the visitor back there, they didn't get the other visitor, you know, because they didn't fit the, they didn't get the tie. See, that's partiality. Now, some of us in the congregation or online might have been the ones that people always looked at cross-eyed and say, oh, they never, they don't know how to behave. Get that little run out of here. They got their hair wrong. I can't believe they looked that way. They wore that to church. Are you kidding me? Well, do you realize that the people that come to church are the people that need a physician that might be different than you? And they might not even do everything right. 
but we need to look out for them too. So may we be reminded that we are supposed to be a good neighbor, to love our neighbor as ourselves. You ever heard something that goes something like this? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If you were in a crisis, what would you like people to do? If you were visiting a church, if you were in need, you might not want to have to explain everything. You might not want to have somebody be like Job's friends that went and told him everything he's done wrong, but he hadn't done anything wrong. You just want somebody to care and to come alongside. And so when we see people in need, we need to act, not just pray. We need to pray. But we need to act. Because it doesn't do any good if we don't do something to help them. We know they have a crisis. They're like, good luck. See you the next day. Hope you have a great week. See you next Sunday. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled. But you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Let's be standing together. Our Father and God, today we covered some practical aspects that are in your word. Just reminding us how we need to treat other people. Just reminding us that we need to treat them like we'd like to be treated. Reminding us that we can't just think about, oh, I hope they do well. We, we might need to actually put some hands and feet and some action behind it. The follow through and even for the people that we don't like or that don't like us or don't look like us. or Maybe we don't think we'd be the best friend of. Maybe, maybe we prejudge and say, man, that would be great to have them in our church. And we favor one or the other. Help us, the Lord, to learn from the example of the Good Samaritan. He took care of someone that maybe not would have taken care of him. But Lord, help us to be your hands, to be your feet, to be obedient to you, that they might see your love shining through us. Give us the strength, give us the courage, give us the know-how, but most of all, give us the humility to be obedient to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.